Ephesians 2, verses 11 to 22. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. And through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's a big day. It's a very big day. What makes it a big day, Will? Well, Barrett, unless you or I, you or I are mistaken, yes. today's your 2024 debut on our daily rhythm. I do for not the, think you're mistaken. For I think the this millions the of listeners out there who wow. have just been craving to hear the voice of Barrett <laughs> Fisher for a month, over a month now. Yeah. So today's a big day. <laughs> and happy to be here. Um, we're happy to have you. And, you know, we're doing our kind of hop, skip, and a jump through the book of Ephesians. Um, I, I described it, I think, on the first day as the greatest hits of Ephesians. And then I saw in the little notes that Will Kinds, like, he, I have some notes from him as, that are basically like why I chose the passages I chose, basically, from yeah. his point of view. And he he says, you know, we went through the entire book of Ephesians last year, so we'll just look at some of the greatest hits this time. Greatest hits. So look Gosh. at that. Look at that. That synergy. That great minds with the dearly beloved but departed. Wow. Well, not departed, but he works somewhere <laughs> else now. <laughs> departed in some sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very much alive. Not departed from the earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for that, we're grateful. So. Uh, as we look at Ephesians 2, today is an amazing passage on one new man in Jesus Christ. And uh, it's about the kingdom of God. You know, uh, we're, we record these pretty far out. So as you're listening, you might, might remember a few weeks ago, uh, which at time of recording was just a couple of days ago, Dee's preached on this um, in our sermon series, kind of going through our core beliefs as a church. And one was for the vision of a, this gospel kingdom. And this is the passage that we looked at. And it's a it's a crucial, powerful passage um, on, you know, everything from racial reconciliation to kind of the, the kingdom and priesthood of believers. Mm. And 
the atonement of Christ and how that uh, changes how we relate to one another. So Barrett, as we look at this passage, what what jumps out to you? Um, what do you see in today's passage? Well, here, I mean, the first thing that I want to say is there is no way in like seven or 10 minutes that we even begin to like scratch the surface of everything that is going on in this passage. Mm. So such a rich passage with so many different things that are going on. I mean, really it's, it's, ty- it's tying in like Israel and this entire history of mm-hmm. God's chosen people leading up to the person of Jesus and then what is happening in the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus as he comes, God taking on flesh and living a sinless life, going to the cross and everything that that means for both God's, you know, God's people, old covenant, so Israel, and then also God's people, new covenant, uh, which is those who are found in Christ and how the the two of these are 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 kind of like coming together, uh, and so there's there's so much that's going on here. Mm-hmm. One uh, one thing that I kind of catches my eye as we read this is um, where he says in verse sixteen, he says, "And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility." So it's talking about killing the hostility between uh, you know Israelites and Gentiles. Um, the word reconcile. This, this to me, a very biblical word, uh, Paul uses it again in Second uh, Corinthians 5 is kind of a famous use of like the, giving us the ministry of reconciliation. And so I love this word reconciled. And one reason that I love it is because in, in our context, oftentimes um, in, in kind of a church context, we kind of think in terms of uh, you know, is somebody lost or are they saved? And and those are biblical categories too. However, I feel like a lot gets lost in the mix of using those two categories. Nice play on words there. Well, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I that no pun intended, literally. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel like some some gets lost there because, uh, you know, when we only talk about people being saved, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're saved from hell or you're saved from you're saved from your sin. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a proactive vision of what salvation is. Mm. And so a proactive vision is that we are reconciled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the point that uh, is oftentimes being made in the New Testament is that we are reconciled to God. So it's a restoring of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So reconciled is my wife and I had a, you know, rough conversation. We're not doing well. We haven't spoken in a while or, you know, we've just kind of like brushed past each other at the yeah. house or whatever. This is hypothetical, right? This is totally hypothetical. <laughs> okay, it doesn't happen at the Fisher yeah. household. <laughs> Never. But then we we have a conversation. We have this whole coming together and we reconcile our relationship. Love and now it. our relationship is like good again. Yeah. Um, that has happened many times. You know, the, there we go. The, the other thing hasn't. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, so it's this idea of like two parties that are coming back together and, and being reconciled in their relationship. And so, uh, and and this is what's happening. But what's happening in this passage is it's not only talking about how we're reconciled to God in through our salvation. It's it's also talking about how we're reconciled in our relationship with our brother and our mm-hmm. sister. And so, like the, the Israelites and the Gentiles. So there, there's also this like coming together of of these of these two streams of people, kind of the Israelites and the Gentiles. And they're and they're coming together in one as God's people, and mm-hmm. they're being reconciled together as they're being reconciled to God. And so there's kind of this beautiful 
like whole picture of reconciliation that's happening, Mm -hmm. which honestly, we don't have time to go into it on this podcast, but like it carries a lot of implications. Yeah. Like if we've truly been reconciled to God, if we've truly been reconciled to our brother, to our sister in Christ, then that has a lot of, that has a lot of implications on, you know, how, and I mean, D's pointed out, you know, a few weeks ago when he preached this passage, like he pointed out some of these practical implications, like, Christians should be considerate. Yeah. Uh, Christians should keep a short list of accounts, essentially. Like, we should be quick to forgive. Mm-hmm. Like, we should be quick to, like, make things right and, mm-hmm. and those type things. So there's a lot of implications that play out of that. But that's kind of one thing that jumps out of me in, in this passage. I've got another one, but I, I want to. I don't want to do all the talking here. I love it. Well, I, I love how you're, you zoomed in right there on on this idea of reconciliation. I think you're totally right that we can view salvation in a very black and white legal sense, but we don't really look at the relational sense right. um, and the what you're calling the proactive sense. What not what are we saved from, but what are we saved into and towards? Yeah. And um, an image that kind of came to my mind just reading these words is uh, this Japanese art form called kintsugi. Okay. And uh, you, it, you lost me, but keep going. You're about to be found. Don't yes. worry. <laughs> uh, so it's this art form where basically you take uh, pottery that and, and break it or pottery mm. that has already been broken. And then it's bound back together with gold sealant. Nice. And so it's really cool if you like look it up. Um, yeah. I'm, I have some pictures of it here. But it's basically, you know, like a nice ceramic bowl or plate that's clearly been broken. But there's the, these beautiful gold patterns mm. that are binding it together. Yeah. And so the beauty of the art is not just that it's back together, but it's in like the binding agent. It's gold, yeah, you yeah. know? And so wow. it's this amazing kind of picture of redemption and restoration in this art form. Hmm. And what I love about this passage is that it's not just the the bringing back together that's beautiful and good, hmm. but it's, you know, what is the binding agent there? It's the blood of Christ hmm. that has made peace. Hmm. And, you know, there's another similar a Pauline passage in Colossians one, where he talks about Christ making peace by the blood of his cross. Yeah. And, you know, then it kind of ties in like in my mind, this image of the, the Kintsugi uh, pottery is kind of tied in with this image of this holy temple that's being built together. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is the mortar that's, that's, you know, where the living stones being built together is what Paul says here in yeah. Ephesians 2. Mm. You know, what is the mortar that's binding us together? Well, it's peace and it's mm. peace through the blood of Jesus. Mm. And so the, the glory is not just on one individual stone or another individual stone, yeah. but it's in the unified form mm. of those stones that is being held together by this blood of Jesus. And, and it's really powerful. Mm, that's good, man. Not only is there restoration, not only is there peace, but the peace is the binding element. It's the true beauty in yeah. it. Yeah. So that is yeah. Good stuff. Well, well, yeah. What else were you thinking? On love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, well, going off of what you said, I mean, I, uh, verses 19 to 22, I think are something that need to be talked about when when we look at this passage and it has to do with kind of this this temple that's being built mm-hmm. and you know don't have time on here but like there's a whole long history 
of the temple with Israel. And so this is not this is not like a cute analogy that Paul is is, you know, came up with mm-hmm. to kind of say like, you know, we're like this building and the bricks and the mortar and all this stuff. But like it actually has a very long and rich history of why he's talking about the temple mm-hmm. um and in this in this passage. And so I think it's important to kind of get the image in our minds of what is going on with the church. Mm-hmm. And I think verses 19 to 22 actually give us some of what the church is meant to be and what is actually going on with the church. And so you can you can see here it it says so then you are you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So kind of God kind of like adopts us into his household, makes us his children. And then verse 20, it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. This is not, you know, throwaway language. It's like, so you can picture this structure where like the foundation is the apostles and the prophets. So the prophets of the of the old covenant, the prophets of old, and then you have the apostles that were, you know, walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus, the disciples essentially, and Paul. And uh, so you've got, which is kind of interesting in Acts 1 because Judas betrayed uh, Jesus and mm-hmm. then they actually replace him in Acts 1 mm-hmm. to make it 12. And I think that's very intentional because there were 12, you know, 12 tribes in the Old, in the old Testament and you got 12 apostles. And so there, there's this foundation that's being built and you see that show up again in Revelation 22. But like you, you see this foundation that's being built and then it says Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Hmm. And so you've got this foundation and then you have the cornerstone, which is like, you know, as I've been told, um, you know, is like the foundational, is the is the stone that, you know, if you remove it, the whole structure falls apart, uh, would crumble and fall. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is the cornerstone. And it says in verse 21, in whom the whole structure being joined together uh, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And so from that foundation, from the cornerstone, now you have this like whole structure that is being built into a holy temple in the Lord. And so it, I, I, I don't think it's inappropriate to see like each one of us individually as like almost bricks that are like being placed. Absolutely. And then, you know, to go with your analogy of like the, the peace and uh, of Christ, like uh, being the mortar that kind of holds us all together but that we are actually growing into this structure. Mm-hmm. And so it's not simply, I, I, I want to fight against like individual Christianity mm-hmm. uh, because that is not a biblical vision. And I think mm-hmm. right here you see that it's not a biblical vision for you to just live with you, you know your relationship with God yeah. and for that to be this isolated individualistic thing. No, we are all meant to be in relationship with one another. I mean, obviously those that the Lord puts us in relationship with, but like your relationship with others very much matter. And I think this is what Paul's getting at going through this whole, you know, Israel, Israelite Gentile thing and the the dividing wall of hostility that was between them that's been abolished and it's been destroyed, you know, through Jesus. And now we're all growing up into this holy temple. So lots of things that we could say there and lots of implications that come out of that, but it's a great passage. No, I love it. And one of the things that I love to look back upon from this vantage point of, okay, while the church is the temple of God, believers, human beings are the new temple of God. Mm. Um, I love to remember <clears throat> there's there's this interesting story um, back at the beginning of the Bible 
when Moses is out in the wilderness with mm-hmm. the people of Israel and <clears throat> some two, two men, two young men kind of start to prophesy in the camp of Israel <clears throat> while Moses is kind of away. And, you know, one of Moses's underlings sees this and is like, this is outrageous. Right. And so he, he goes to Moses, you know, you can kind of imagine, like he probably thinks there's a little badge of honor headed his way. Like mm-hmm. he's doing the big man's work. And he, he goes to Moses like, uh, Moses, th- these two guys are, are prophesying, you know, and, and you're the mouthpiece of God. Do, do you want me to go make them stop? Mm-hmm. And Moses has this unexpected response um, where, you know, rather than being all hoity-toity, like about his authority, you know, he says, do you want, do you think I should, you know, do you think you're defending me? I wish that all of God's people were filled with his spirit. Mm. And, you know, he has this, he says it more profoundly than that, but he has this moment of just longing yeah. that all the people of God would be filled with his spirit. Mm. All the people of God would be filled with the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus. That's right. As revelation says. Mm. And so this is a longed for reality. Mm that spans history Mm. and it's what we live in. Yeah. Which is just powerful. We are living in those times. Amen. It's amazing. Amen. Well, a powerful word with the great Barfaccio in Ephesians 2 today. And uh, we got one more uh, reading in the book of Ephesians tomorrow. So for the Foch dog, Barrett Fisher himself, this is Will Carl. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.